We all want our kids to come to us when they have something important to share, but how do we cultivate an environment where our kids feel safe to share even the hard stuff? That's exactly what I'm going to cover today as I share five tips to make you the kind of listener that your child wants to talk to. Stay tuned. Parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back to Raised Resilient. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I am so glad you're here. In today's episode, I'm going to share how to listen to your child so that they actually want to talk to you and share things with you. There's a bit of an art to this, and it kind of goes against some of our instincts as parents sometimes. And so I want to share with you exactly what to do when you want to listen to your child so that they will continue to share and feel safe coming to you with even hard stuff. But before we jump into that, I wanted to remind you that I've created an awesome free resource for you called Six Mindset Shifts to Ditch the Overwhelm and Parent in a Way that Feels Good. Getting kids to listen requires a safe space, and a safe space happens within a connected parent-child relationship. This guide is going to help you build that connected, safe parent-child relationship by helping change the lens through which you see your child and their behavior, even in the hardest moments. Our listener Liz writes, this guide helped me see not just my kid differently, but also myself. I used to blame myself for his behavior, and now I know it's just how his feelings need to come out. And once I understood that, it was so much easier to shift how I was parenting. If you are trying to shift how you're showing up as a parent, this guide is literally your first step and it's totally free. You can get your copy today at raisedresilient.com forward slash mindset. Okay, so I talk all the time about how we want to be a safe space for our kids, how we want our kids to feel safe coming to us and sharing even the stuff that they know might not thrill us. When our kids are young, that might sound like, yeah, I did hit my brother. I was feeling really mad and I didn't know what else to do. Or it might sound like, Mommy, one of my friends is not being very nice to me at school. Or it might sound like, hey, mommy, I dug up the dead lizard I buried in the backyard because I was curious about what it was going to look like after it's been a few days. That one literally is an example from my real life from yesterday. But it could also sound like there's a grown-up saying and doing things to me that make me feel uncomfortable. Or as our kids get older, yeah, there was drinking at that party last week. Or I need a ride home because I had some drinks and I don't want to drive. Or I'm really worried about how I've been feeling lately because I'm feeling really sad and hopeless and sometimes I don't even want to be here. Now, those might sound extreme, but truly creating this safe space where our kids feel safe to tell us literally anything starts with the benign. It starts with the, I made a mess in the kitchen. It starts with the, yeah, okay, I did hit my brother. It starts with the things that you know they did that they're not yet willing to admit and responding to those in a way that de-shames that situation. We all hope our kids are never going to be in a situation where somebody's hurting them. We hope they're never going to feel depressed or have thoughts of hurting themselves. But we know that these things happen 
And they're actually way more common than I think any of us would like to admit. And so one of the best ways we keep our kids safe is by cultivating an environment where they know they can tell us anything. And so, like I said, that starts with how we respond when they're behaving in ways we don't like. Are we shaming them? Are we punishing them? Are we judging them? Or are we saying, you know, even if you did hit your brother, I would understand. I know it's really hard sometimes to handle your mad feelings in the right way. And next time I'll be there to help. Are we saying, yeah, this is a pretty big mess, but we can clean it up together. We all make mistakes. So that's the first half of cultivating an environment where our kids feel safe to come to us. But the other half is what we do with those opportunities when our child actually does come to us and say, hey, I need to tell you something. This episode was actually inspired by a listener question. So let me read our listener's question, and then I'm going to get into my five tips to help you become the kind of listener your child wants to talk to. Our listener writes, I loved your episode on building and sustaining relationships with older kids. I'd love to hear an episode about ways to help and encourage older kids to communicate and express their feelings. I have four kids. Two of my boys are 10 and 11 and quite quiet when it comes to sharing feelings and things going on in their lives. They've always been that way. I would love to learn more about fostering open communication as they get older. Okay, so this is such a great question, and I love that this listener is being proactive and wanting to think about, okay, how can I keep the lines of communication open, especially as they get older, because she's aware that they're going to need her, even when they can't necessarily say that. So my first two tips have more to do with setting the stage, and then my last three tips are more about what to do when your child actually does come to you. So the first tip that I have is to invite but never force communication. So you might say something like, I just wanted you to know that I am here if you ever want to talk about literally anything. And just leave it at that. If you ask your child about their day or how things are going at school and they don't open up, don't force it. Just let your child know, well, I am always here if you ever want to tell me more about that. We don't ever want to put pressure on our kids to open up. We want to let them do that as they feel ready. And so when we try to force these conversations, we can actually push our kids further away from us. So that's why I say invite communication, but try not to force or put pressure on your child to communicate. My second tip is to create opportunities for zero pressure connection. So if your child loves video games, sit down and play a video game together. Go for a walk. Lay down at night with your child if that's when they're willing to talk and open up. You don't have to do it every night because I get it. We also need our time. But I know with my eight and a half year old, he is so much more willing to talk about feelings or whatever else is going on in his life at night versus during the day. It's just the way it is, and I know that. And so I try to lay down with him a couple nights a week to really have those chats. Now, again, these are meant to be no-pressure opportunities just to connect. And so you're trying just to spend time with your child, and hopefully this is time you both enjoy doing something you both enjoy. But if you've got a child who struggles to open up, you might consider even doing something that you know they enjoy that's maybe not your favorite. So video games might be an example, although I actually like to play video games, but I know not everybody does. So that's something you could consider doing just to create space to connect with them. 
And the more we create these no pressure connection opportunities, the more our kids might be willing to open up. And sometimes things like playing video games or going for a walk or driving in the car can be great opportunities, not only for connection, but also for your child to open up because those activities don't require eye contact. And so your child might be more willing to open up in those situations than if they were, say, sitting across the table from you. Now, these last three tips are going to be applicable in the moment when your child does come to you and share something with you. So maybe you're having one of those no pressure connection moments and your child does say, hey, so I had this thing happen or hey, I wanted to tell you about. And these are opportunities where we can demonstrate that we are a safe place for them to share whatever they need to share but it's really easy for these moments to go off the rails. We don't like to see our kids in pain. So if our kids bring up something that's hard for them or something they're struggling with, it's hard to resist the urge to want to fix it. It's hard to resist the urge to want to give solutions. Or if our kids tell us something that's disappointing, it can be really challenging to just hold back and withhold judgment and really listen with an open mind. But that is what our kids need us to do. And so here are my last three tips to help you listen and really engage with your child and make it safe for them to tell you even the hard stuff. So my third tip, and this is the first thing you're going to do when your child shares something with you, is that you want to thank them for sharing that. Even if they say something like, hey, mom, there was actually drinking at that party last weekend, or last week I made a really bad decision and I skipped school. It might seem really counterintuitive to say, oh, thanks for sharing that. You might want to say, what the heck were you thinking? But that doesn't make it very safe for our kids to share these things. We want to give our kids the space to make mistakes, to share those mistakes with us. And we need to be accepting of our kids, warts and all. That doesn't mean that we don't talk through what's happening. That doesn't mean that we look the other way and say, la, 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 everything's fine when it's not. But it's always better for you to know what's going on in your child's life than for you to be in the dark. And if your child wasn't telling you this, there's a decent chance you just wouldn't know. And so we want our kids to tell us these things and we want to thank them genuinely for sharing with us. And so you might say, wow, thank you so much for telling me that. I am so glad you shared that. Go practice that in the mirror if you need to, because again, I know that might not be the first thing to naturally roll off your tongue when your child comes to you and tells you something that you're not thrilled with. Even with younger kids, I hear a lot from parents. They'll say, my kid comes to me and says, I want to hit you. And I get so mad. Why are you telling me that you want to hit me? Well, here's the thing. A kid who's telling you that they feel like hitting is a kid who's sharing with you I feel so mad that I feel like hitting, but I'm not doing it yet. They're coming to you and letting you know and giving you the opportunity to help them with their feelings. Y'all, this is a really good thing. And most of the time as parents, we don't see it like that in the moment. But if we respond with, what do you mean you're going to hit me? That's not okay. Why would you say that? Our kids are going to realize, oh, this isn't a safe space, right? They need to be able to come to us and tell us things, even when those things are not super pleasant. And so in the example of a younger child coming to you and saying, I'm so mad, I feel like hitting you, or even an older child saying that, what we want to respond with is, okay, thank you so much for telling me, how can I help? Or thank you so much for sharing that. I'm here to help you. So no matter what it is that your child has just shared with you, I want you to say, thank you so much for sharing that. 
And I want you to practice it until it feels really genuine because your child is going to pick up on the fact that it's not genuine if you're saying it like, uh, thank you so much for saying that, right? We don't want to come across as not being genuine. I want you to really work on the mindset shift that it is a gift that your child is telling you this, even if it's hard to hear. Thanking your child is always the right response, no matter what it is that they're sharing. If they're sharing with you that something good happened, wow, thank you for sharing that. If they're sharing with you, hey mom, I really didn't like the way you talked to me last night. Oh, thank you so much for letting me know. We want our kids to know that we are always here to listen, even if it's something that we need to improve on. And so always start by thanking your child. Now, what do we do after we thank our child for sharing whatever it is they just shared? Well, sometimes our impulse might be to launch into a lecture or to start to give solutions or even to make it about ourselves. Oh yeah, when I was your age, I went through something just like that. And as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, there is absolutely a place for stories of sameness. But we need to know a little bit more about what's going on before we know whether a story of sameness would even be helpful. So my fourth tip for being a solid listener when your child comes to you and shares something is to get curious. Now we talk about this all the time with behavior. Get curious. Don't make an assumption about why your child's doing something. Get curious. What does my child need right now? What's the need underneath this behavior? The same thing applies when your child comes to you and shares something. So let's say maybe your child comes to you and says, Hey mom, I've been feeling really sad lately. And you say, wow, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And then you're going to get curious and you might just say, tell me more about it. Or you might say, can you tell me some situations where you've really felt sad? Or you might say, I'd love to know more about what that's like for you. In getting curious, we are not interrogating our kids. We are just trying to ask open-ended questions that feel safe and give them the chance to keep talking. I had to do this a few months ago with my eight and a half year old. He came to me and he said, you know, mommy, sometimes I don't feel like I'm a very good kid. Ouch, right? That's a hard thing to hear your child say, especially when you have a podcast that is trying to teach parents that all kids are good. And here my own kid is telling me he feels like he's not a good kid sometimes. What did I want to do in that moment? I wanted to say, oh my goodness, why do you think that? Of course you're a good kid. You have to know that. How many times do I tell you you're a good kid all the time? How could you possibly think that you're not a good kid? And then the guilt set in and I wanted to say, did I do something to make you feel this way? What did I do to make you feel like you're not a good kid? Please tell me. But that would have shut down the conversation faster than it started. And so I collected myself and here's what I actually said. I actually said, okay, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And then I got curious. I said, what makes you feel like you're not a good kid? And he shared that sometimes when he's fighting with his brother, he feels like we take his brother's side. And he feels like we always see him as the aggressor and the problem when the two of them are fighting. That was also really hard to hear. And again, I wanted to say, no, we don't. Are you kidding me? We are so neutral. We come in and we try to help, but we're not perfect. And he's probably right that there are plenty of times that we come in with a one-sided approach, calling him out for whatever he's doing and not really seeing both sides of the story. Even though I teach this stuff, I do not get it right all the time. And so again, I stopped myself and I got curious and I said, oh gosh, that must be hard. Tell me what that's like for you. And he said, well, it makes me feel like I'm not a good kid because I feel like I'm always the problem. And you guys don't see that there's always something going on 
for me too when I'm fighting with my brother, but I feel like you guys don't see that. And then I asked him, do you feel like this is all the time or some of the time or most of the time? And he thought about it and he was really honest with himself and he was like, "Mm, some of the time, but most of the time recently. And I said, okay, gotcha. And then I said, was there one particular experience recently that made you really feel this way? And then he said, yeah, the other day when we were arguing over building with Legos and you guys came in and you were just so mad at me. And I said, so when we come in to a situation and you and your brother are arguing and we seem mad or frustrated at you, that makes you feel like you're the problem. And maybe like we don't really see you, like we just see the problematic behaviors. And he was like, yes, exactly. And from there, we were able to have a conversation where I took some responsibility for the times that I haven't come in and seen both kids having a hard time. And we were able to work out some ways for better communication to happen in those moments. But if I hadn't gotten curious, if I had just leaned into reassuring him that actually he's a very good kid, or if I had gotten frustrated with him for thinking that even though I tell him all the time that he's a good kid, or whatever other response I might have had, I never would have actually gotten to the root of the issue. I wouldn't have heard what he was actually trying and needing to say in that moment. And so when your child is sharing something with you, I want you to make your mantra, get curious. And you might literally need to repeat it in your head like a mantra to stop yourself from saying all the things that your knee-jerk reaction wants to make you say. You might just quietly repeat to yourself, get curious, get curious. Getting truly curious in a non-judgmental, open-minded way is so key to getting our kids to feel safe to share things with us. And you can think about this from your own perspective. If you came to your boss and you said, hey, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to need an extension on that project. And the first thing your boss says is, what? How could you need an extension? I already gave you so much time. What's wrong with you? You're going to feel really bad about yourself and you're going to feel like your boss totally doesn't understand or care. Likewise, if your boss falls to pieces and goes, oh no, what are we going to do? We can't handle having you have an extension. This is not okay then you're going to feel like you don't have much of a leader. But if instead your boss says, okay, thanks for sharing that. Tell me more and gives you the chance to share what's going on and why you need the extension. And then says, how long do you need? You're going to feel like you can be honest with your boss in these moments. You're not going to be incentivized to come up with some sort of the dog ate my homework style of white lie, right? Or if you were to share with your partner, hey, I know I said I was going to pay the water bill, but I totally forgot I had a lot on my plate and it just didn't happen. And your partner jumps down your throat, you're not going to be very incentivized to come and share that mistake in the future. But if instead your partner gets curious and says, oh yeah, you had a lot on your plate, tell me more. And then says something like, how can I help you in the future to make sure that you don't have so much on your plate? You're going to feel safe to share those mistakes going forward. And I would argue that a lot more better problem solving and solution finding is going to happen when we get curious versus when we just start giving out solutions or trying to fix the problem or getting frustrated that the problem exists in the first place. So my last tip for becoming the kind of listener that your child wants to talk to is to validate how your child is feeling. You want your child to feel seen and heard 
in whatever they're sharing with you. So in the example with my son, I validated for him. Wow, that must be really hard to feel like we don't see you in those moments. It must feel really hard to feel like we're so frustrated with you and not even seeing what your brother is contributing to the situation. If your child comes to you and says, yeah, I'm failing chemistry and you get curious and you ask, okay, what's going on? Tell me more about it, right? And they tell you what's going on. And ultimately you figure out that they're really overwhelmed. They've got too much on their plate. You can validate that. That sounds like a lot. I really get that. And then you can say, I remember feeling really overwhelmed like that in high school too. It's really hard. It's a lot to keep track of. You want your child to feel seen in their struggle. And it's the same thing that you would want if you're sharing something you're struggling with, with your partner, your boss, a friend, a colleague. You would want someone to validate that's really hard. I really get that you are struggling right now and I'm here. Now, after we have thanked our child for sharing, we've gotten curious, we've validated that their struggle is real, we can ask, would you like my help thinking about a plan? Would you like my help problem solving this? And they're either going to say, yes, please, or nah, I've got this. And then we need to respect that. Now, if you've tried all of this and your child is just not in a place where they're willing to open up to you right now, especially if you're concerned for their safety or mental health, then this is a time where therapy might be a really good option. Either individual therapy with someone your child clicks with, and that's really important, or group therapy with other kids who might be going through something similar. And if there are issues in the parent-child relationship that need to be worked through in order for your child to feel safer communicating with you, that is something that a skilled child therapist is going to be able to support and help with. And so they hopefully will build a bridge between you and your child through involving you in the treatment. But sometimes the issue isn't necessarily a problem in the parent-child relationship so much as it is just something that the child would prefer to talk about with someone who doesn't know them, with an objective third party, just like sometimes we need to do, right? And so just remember that it's important for your child to have someone to talk to. And if they are in a season where that person can't be you for whatever reason, then therapy is a wonderful option. And sometimes through talking to your child about their mental health, they may tell you in that conversation that part of what they've been thinking is that maybe therapy would be helpful. And then that's a great time for you to say, well, I'd love to help you get connected with somebody if you feel like that would be helpful. So I hope these tips have been helpful in getting you to a place where you feel like you can be a solid listener for your child, no matter what they come to you and share. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we've got this. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.